so um, welcome everybody. Delighted to uh, welcome today to the podcast Val Adaway, who is an authorised UW distributor. So uh, welcome, Val. Hello, Elaine. Thanks for inviting me on. Most welcome. And uh, better start by by explaining to listeners what is an authorised UW partner. Well, UW is a company that most people know as Utility Warehouse. Um, and we help people save money on their household bills and also help people to um, earn an income, basically, with as it's a business opportunity as well. OK, we'll go, we'll go, um, uh, well, well, we'll talk more about that in a moment, but um, the... I want to go back in um, in time and, and uh, find out how you got to do what you're doing because so many people that I interview who are distributors for this thing, that thing, products, you know, whatever it is, everybody I've had on the show all have an interesting story to how they got to, to what they're doing. So, so um, the the utility warehouse um, briefly. Well, we, we we can touch on it again later on. Um, I. I was, well, I still am one um, at one house in uh, uh, the UK, which sounds like I'm very grand. I've got lots of houses I haven't, but I, I have a house share um, on a farm in uh, in Wiltshire. And we have utility warehouse there and we've had the light bulbs and, and, the, and the rest of it. And uh, a house where I lived in Nottingham, we, we also had a utility warehouse there, which where I'm no longer, as uh, listeners will know, I'm, I'm now in Portugal. So, um, it's not just utilities, is it? it's not just gas and electric, there's other stuff that a utility warehouse provides. So just run us through that. Yeah, um, apart from energy, we supply phone, broadband, mobile, insurance, and lots of cash back on people's shopping. Oh, marvellous. Okie dokie. And how can people find out more about that from you as an authorised UW partner? They can either email me, which is valadaway at uwclub.net, or phone me on 07853-189-194. I prefer to talk to people, really, rather than going to the website. Cool. Okay, so let's talk then, Val. So how the heck did you become a very successful UW partner because you're not just an ordinary partner are you you're like a super partner from all the things I've heard about you I don't know if I'm a super partner well do you want me to go back to my early days yes um so I got expelled from a good grammar school at the age of 15 which was very self-inflicted because I didn't want to be at a girls grammar school um I grew up in the world of motorsport, so my father was a, a founder member of a motor club, so I used to go out rallying with him, etc, etc. So I was very much used to male company. So when I ended up at a girls grammar school, that was a mistake. So um, by the time I got to almost 15, I decided it was time to go, but they didn't want me to go. My parents didn't want me to leave. And the headmistress didn't want me to leave. So I had to do something to make sure that I got expelled, which um, you won't approve of this, Elaine, but smoking in the toilets and making sure I got caught. So that was that. <laughs> I, I was brought up to be provi well provided for, for the necessities in life. But if we wanted anything extra, 
we had to go and work for it. So I knew that I just wanted to go and work. Um, so first job was an office junior in an office in London. Um, I come from the Twickenham area, so that's why London. I stayed there for about a year. I learned how to put pieces of paper into back into drawers and paper clips back into a box, and I was off. My dad was looking for, he was a, a, gen, a foreman in an engineering company in Wilsdon, and he was looking for a, an admin girl for his office. So I went and worked with my dad until he was offered a job in the motor trade. Um, so I left and went and worked for an engineering company as uh, secretary to the chief inspector. I just blagged my way through everything and taught myself almost everything. And I saw a job advertised, I was there for about two years, saw a job advertised by Westminster Bank. So I, I started at Westminster Bank in Hounslow and got, um, went through as much as you can, could as a woman in those days, and was a cashier. And then I met my husband in the meantime and we rallied together. Um, and we decided to move away from that area because we couldn't afford to buy a house there. And we moved up to Northamptonshire. So I put in for a transfer and got transferred to Wellingborough Westminster Bank. Uh, I only stayed there for about six months uh, for various reasons. I went and worked for, uh, in the accounts department of a, a car spares company for a year, taught myself something else and eventually ended up at General Motors doing payroll for the factory floor, um, accounts, purchasing, and I was there for 10 years. In the meantime, um, I was a race marshal, so I worked in the paddock pit start line, got to know an awful lot of uh, drivers and teams. And in 1979, I was approached by an Irish driver who wanted somewhere to stay whilst he was racing in the UK and in Europe. So we had a lodger suddenly. And that particular lodger was absolutely useless at getting his act together to go motor racing. He could prepare his car, race his car, but hopeless at sorting out the paperwork. So me being me said, let me know what you want to do, Martin, and I'll do it for you. And give us £40 and that'll cover the cost of postage and stuff. So that was that. And then I suddenly had a few other drivers asking me if I'd do it for them. Um, and that was in 1979. By beginning of 1982, I'd been approached by, I was still working full time, motor racing at circuits all over the place at the weekend and then um, doing this paperwork stuff in my spare time. And in 1982 I was approached by a guy in Luxembourg who asked me if I'd like to help him run two European Championships. I initially said no but the following week voluntary redundancy came up at work so I took it, took the chance it was there for a reason, so that was that. That was in 1982. <clears throat> so my business just grew 
and it it grew through word of mouth recommendation to eventually having about 300 drivers on my books employing five people you'll see in the background elaine on my wall that's pictures that have been sent to me by various drivers that i looked after as a thank you i've got a collage of loads of loads of photos um so i ran that business i did hospitality sponsorship uh looking after sponsors driver management championship coordinator for championships here and abroad and i've got a reputation uh for any foreign drivers coming to race in the uk they'd come to me because they knew they'd get looked after but I closed the business down at the end of 94, um, partly because of, it was all changing and partly because of the deaths of two drivers in Formula One, one of which I was quite close to, which was Roland Ratzenberger. And then Senna was killed the next day. You get used to stuff like that, but I wasn't happy with the media on the Monday when it was all about Senna and Roland was forgotten basically and I decided enough was enough so I walked away from the sport at that point in time or at the end of that year so during that time I employed five people um, and <laughs> that was a roller coaster at times as well but and there was no HR and any of that sort of rules then um, so Eventually, I went and got a proper job. I uh, helped um, a small engineering company to grow. And eventually, I became general manager and a director of that engineering company. And then after 12 years, for one reason or another, I decided I'd had enough. And I was 62 then. So suddenly, no job. <laughs> a state pension and nothing else because I'd actually enjoyed my life. And I'd been approached probably four times in 10 years to join UW and I'd always turned it down. So the, the, a couple of days after I left, I phoned one of them up and told them to come and sign me up. Didn't do any due diligence. I just knew that rather than going for a product related business, where you've always got to sell products month after month after month, having a service related business that everybody used, everybody had to pay their bills, have energy, telephones, etc., was a much better way to go. And um, that was almost 13 years ago now. So what it's what it's done for me, there's a lot of personal development involved. You can take that or leave it, but it's there, nevertheless. Um, I actually like dealing with people. So customer wise, I enjoy gathering customers and helping people. But I also enjoy recruiting people into my team and helping them to grow um, if they want to, because not everybody does. Some people join and do nothing for some strange reason, but that's human nature. It gets tough. I always warn people 
that they'll get a lot of rejection or a lot of people saying no. But nevertheless, if people get two or three no's from close friends and family, they take it personally, whereas it's people's choice, really. They might come back later. So some people stick with it, like me, and some people can't be bothered, or some people don't want to do any work. Um, but I've got a good team, um, and I just enjoy helping people, and that's the crux of it. So there's nothing special about it. And, and with this situation we're in now, it's an even bigger opportunity because we can talk to anybody anywhere in the UK, um, network anywhere in the UK. And well, I suppose we could go abroad as well, a bit like you do, Elaine. But um, we're only in the UK, so it's pointless for me to go to networking outside of the UK at the moment. So it's been a roller coaster ride um and well i just enjoy helping people so i think i learned my skills in motor racing because i had to be a good listener a good troubleshooter because racing drivers are a bit impatient when they want something um it's a fast moving sport so they like fast decisions and some of the drivers I looked after made it to the top level of the sport. And I'm still in touch with quite a lot of them as friends. Um, so I had a couple of protégés that I used to sponsor um, in their early days. And it was a great, we had a great time. It was great fun, very competitive. And the sport's not like that anymore. So it's very serious business now at the top end whereas it used to be quite a lot of fun so that's my journey really fascinating and um goes back to um we've actually got quite a lot in common lots of the lots of things that you've uh, touched on uh resonate with my my story as well um being expelled from the girls grammar school um I, I didn't get to the point of being expelled. I used to bunk off in the days when um, we could just slide out. And yeah, I only yeah. found out years later that my mum used to do the same thing and we used to go and hide in the local cemetery because our family was quite well known locally. And um, that's the only place we could both think of. I mean, my mum was about 25 years or so earlier than me, obviously, but we both chose the same place to, you know, oh. to hide. <laughs> um, um, and it goes back to our personality styles because clearly your your personality style is one that's resilient, robust, yeah. and can modify, which a lot of people can't do. So you've reinvented yourself so many times, yeah. and each time you've done that, you've had a passion for what you're doing, which you know is is the key. And all the people that I've mentored over the years, sometimes people say to me, "Oh, you know, they want to start this business or that business," but you can tell that they're actually doing it because they need money they're not doing it because they're passionate and when people are not passionate it doesn't work does it no it doesn't and i mean i initially joined uw for the money um i needed to double my state pension i needed 500 pounds a month basically back 13 years ago but i soon when i 
talk about personal development, there's my husband didn't want me to do UW, so he wasn't very supportive um, for many reasons. But I'm a very, um, it's a bit like red rag to the ball to mm -hmm. me. When someone says you can't, well, I know I can. Yeah, so, tell me about it. Um, but anyway, so I plodded on and eventually one day I was, this is on the video actually, I was talking to one of the directors about Rob and he said, Val, you're close to qualifying for a mini, so get the mini and qualify for the next holiday and he might start coming round. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't, strangely enough, I didn't drive. I've never wanted to drive. So I just said to him, well, I don't drive. Well, and he looked at me as if to say, well, go and learn then. So I did actually learn to drive and passed my test at 65. And I got my mini. I'm just about to order my third mini, actually. Um, and I never looked back. So personal development. I, I really didn't think I'd be able to drive, but I thought I've got to give it a shot. So I did. And to find out more about that bit of it and uh, the funny parts of it, you need to watch that video. Um, and since then, I've had a Porsche for a month. The uh, six holidays I've been on three, um, focusing on all the different incentives they offer and taking advantage of all the personal development they offer as well, which is brilliant. And I've learned so much more than, and I sit here now at 75 and I'm still as passionate now about getting out there and working hard as anybody else younger. That's brilliant. Uh, I'd, I'd done a few sums and I'd worked out, and I was going to comment um, that according to my calculations, you're around 75 and yet you look in your fifties, Val. I mean, it certainly you. suits you what you're doing. Absolutely brilliant. And the personal development side of things, can't be underestimated, can it? Because so no. many people um, come to personal development uh, late in life. It's like, oh, if only I'd known that years ago. But oh, we yeah. had to do the journey, didn't we, years ago, in order to realise as much as what we don't want as what we do want. Yeah. And um, the education on personal development now has come, um, you know, with the advent of the internet and so on. There's no excuse now for not no. not dipping your toe in, is there? You know, little short videos, long documentaries. You know, it, it's everywhere. Books, um, reading books, audio books, personal development world and health world as well has really escalated. I I mean, my preferred method of personal development is I'm an avid reader. So every morning, you know, if I'm doing a seven o'clock like. Wednesday I do a seven o'clock networking so I make sure I'm up early enough to get that little bit of reading in before I start um, and I I eat books or Rob says I devour books um, some of them aren't personal development I read a lot of autobiographies which is personal development because you learn about the people and how they've got to where they are um, but that's one of my hobbies is reading and the other hobby, I suppose, I enjoy gardening and I still go motor racing. And because um, I grew up around Twickenham, my other passion is rugby union. So 
Oh, and I haven't had any of it last year, really, which is a pity, or most of last year. So um, that's me, and I'm quite happy with the lockdown because it's taught me new skills. It's taught me patience, or more patience. It's taught me that you can build relationships online. People say, oh, you know, God, it's not the same. No, no, of course it's not the same, but it's different. Um, I've, I've met some amazing people that I never would have met. If it, a bit like you, Elaine, mm -hmm. you're sitting in Portugal. Yeah. I'm yeah. sitting in Wellingborough and we're having a chat. Mm -hmm. We've got to know each other over the last few months a little bit. <coughs> Why is that not a relationship? Mm, exactly. But you have to, we're not going to go back to what it was before. It's not, yes, we are going to go back to some sort of normality, but it's never going to be as it used to be. It's going to be different. So take a, pe people should take advantage of what they've got. If, if this had happened 10 years ago, it would have been dreadful because we didn't have all this technology then. But now, we've got so there's so many positives to come out of this um and i always look for the positives and i'll show you what i've got here i don't know if you've seen this before if anybody annoys me or i get fed up i've got a jar and i just write a little card out and put it in my jar and it's gone <laughs> a bit rude but no, no, that's a great tip. And I, 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 I you know, I, I suggest people to do that. If there's something that they're really angry about, it has to come out because if you're retaining your emotions, that's what one of the things that causes illnesses. So write somebody a letter, like you say, you, you write their name on, on the um, uh, post-it pad it looked look like. Well, I noticed the jar was empty, Val. Is that because you're not upset with anybody or? or or the, the I, away. I only started it just before Christmas. I heard a guy speak, a guy called Chris Boone. He was on one of our uh, UW night evenings. And he's a guy that was helping Princess Diana with her landmines thing. Um, and when she died, he carried it, carried it on and he got blown up by landmines. And he, I think he's lost an arm and I think he's lost a leg. Oh dear. He still does it. He's done lots of um, different things. He, he um, does speaking and something I picked up from that was he gets lots of problems with different things and rather than worry about them, he says, I've got a fuck off jar. And then <laughs> up that I feel a little bit angry about or whatever. Mm -hmm. I write a little card out and I put it in my back off jar and it's gone. Um so I picked up on that. So I only really started that just before Christmas. So there's a few in there. I've had one this morning I put in there. Um and it, it definitely works. I mean, I used to have uh, an appreciation jar, you know, good things. Yes. But I never really kept that up. But I keep this, it's on my desk. 
and I, I've been using it quite a lot. Um, not many things bother me, to be honest. Not many things get me thinking, shit. But I find that quite good. So I'm spreading that around my team at the moment to say that no matter what you call it, I like those words. But have a jar. So when someone says no to you, instead of getting all why, etc., just write them a piece of paper and put it in the jar. And don't worry about it because they're not rejecting you. They're it's just not the right time for them. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. So the other thing I find is people don't like using the telephone. I mean I love the telephone because when I ran my business in motor racing, we only had a telephone and a typewriter. We didn't have anything else. So the only way of contacting people was by phone or letter. Um, no emails, none of that. So I am used to the telephone and I just enjoy phoning people. And something I was doing, in the, particularly in the first lockdown, I send birthday cards to my customers every year. Um, and I thought, now I'm going to stop doing that in this lockdown because it could be a long time we're locked down. I'm going to start phoning them because um, I think a phone call, I can find out how they are, how they're doing, etc. And that went down so well. I've got over 400 customers. So I was getting a little bit behind on some of the time. So I've gone back to sending cards now. But I'm still phoning people, but uh, more random. So mm-hmm. rather than doing it on a birthday, I'm phoning them just to see if they're okay. And that's all. I think people appreciate that. They certainly did when I called them. Mm. Customer um, service, again, something else can't be underestimated. A lot of people have a customer and they, they never contact them. Um, no. I've, I've been guilty of that over the years as well, but it's it doesn't take a lot of effort and it, it really helps bond the the, uh, the, the relationship. And yeah. so 400, 400 members, that's amazing. How many partners do you have? I've got about 160 in my team. Crikey, that's, that's, that's and you've built that up over how many years is it? 13 nearly. Right, so perseverance and timing, as you say, not everybody is going to need what services you offer no. you know, every day of the week, but when they do need them, they remember you. Well, a little scenario that I try and explain to people, I go into a shop and I buy a bag of wine gums and then I've got half a dozen people in front of me and I offer them all a sweet. Would you like a wine gum? Well, probably three of those people don't like wine gums, so they say, no, thanks, it's okay. And three of them might say, oh, yes, please. It's no different. Mm. It's, you know, it's it's not personal. It's just they don't want a wine gum. Mm. And what's the difference? (laughs) Someone saying, no, I'm not interested in that opportunity or I'm not interested in saving money there's no difference mm. you go into a shoe shop and someone comes up check your browsing and the sales assistant will come over and say can i help you and you'll say no it's okay i'm just looking 
do they get upset? Of course they don't. It's no different. Yes, they're very good, very good analogies. Timing is absolutely everything. And all the things that have happened to you have happened at the right time for the right reasons, for the right lessons, you know, how, whatever you want to take from it. And as you've rightly said, you look for the good in everything, you look for the positives. And unfortunately, not everybody has that way about them. Not every personality style has has a, a positive. And no. typically this kind of it, it seems to be 50 50 with the with the work that I do through behavioral profiling. Um, some people are like us, they're positive, whatever happens, it's oh hey ho, you know, here we go again, you know, time to reinvent ourselves. Um, yeah. But other people will worry and worry and worry. And they and I've literally seen people worry themselves to death. Um, yeah. Which is why I now link the behavior styles with the health, because I can show people how their own behavior, you know, they're falling over themselves. They're getting in their own way by their behavior. And although they can't change fundamentally their behavior, they can they can put a different kind of pair of glasses on and look to things, look for the good like a rose bush, a rose bush that has thorns and it has beautiful flowers. Do you see the beautiful flowers or do you see the the, the, the prickles, you know? Yeah. So, you I know, agree. Okay. Another example of that is uh, I suffer with leg ulcers from time to time. So when I'm on holiday, I'll often just wear a piece of tubi grip just to protect my leg more than anything, whether I've got one or not. So... <laughs> It tickles me and Rob because people will come up to you and talk to you and say, oh, what have you done with your leg? Did you do it here? And the minute you say, well, nothing, I'm just, I suffer with leg ulcers, so I'm just protecting it. They're not interested anymore. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, um, it wasn't some if, event that I was going to discuss with them. <laughs> just laugh and say, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Or, no, that's fine. People are so strange, I find. They, they're always looking for the bad the bad story. A bit like TV at the moment. It's a bone of contention with both my husband and I. We do put the news on in the evening at six o'clock because that's generally when we're having our dinner, just to get the headlines or whatever. And But we've got into the now we'll not watch the news we've put something on that we've recorded because watching the news it's either covid related and i know we need to know what's going on out there or it's mental health related there are so many good positive stories out there at the moment but there's none of those on there it's all doom and gloom and you know at least show a few positive stories that are going on you know there's businesses that, that have started in the in the lockdown and are being successful there's all sorts of things going on that people need to know about those as well absolutely there's far too much emphasis on mental health we know it's there we know people some people have got major challenges but tell people where they can go for help instead of just talking about it because they're not telling anybody where they can go to or a story of a charity that has helped somebody and it just that's something else that goes in that jar i think oh same old same old 
Mm. I haven't watched the news for, I, I did a master's degree in um, 1995, between 1995 and 97, and I had to find some time from somewhere. My son was four months old, my daughter was 12. Um, it was a period when I had a, had a real job. Uh, most of my life I've had my own businesses, but in this 12 year period, I worked in the city. So I was traveling to and from the city from Essex and um, and I had 25 people in my team um, in, the, in a law, law firm and I decided to do a master's degree. I didn't have a single um, qualification to get me on the course, but when the professor came to visit me at the law firm, he said, yes, we'd, we'd welcome you because you've got life experience. You've, you know, you've Brilliant. been at the University of Life. So I blagged my way onto this course because when I looked at the agenda, you know, the, the um, whatever you call the thing that says what's in it, um, I knew I could do it. And yet I didn't have a first degree. I didn't even have an A-level. I had a few skanky O, o and CSEs as they were in those days. And um, uh, you had to have a first degree. You had to be a lawyer or a barrister and you had to have been in the legal profession for so many years. And I didn't fit any of that criteria. Um, and yet, I, so, I, so I've, I, that's a, one of the best things I've ever done. Um, and that was 25 years ago. Um, so timing is everything, you know, when when you feel ready to do something, when you're passionate about something, and I call that my fuck off MBA, my up yours MBA, because it's yeah. shared to everybody. And I was the only person in the legal firm, there were 1300 lawyers in the firm at the time, and I was the only one with a master's degree. So up yours, wow. you know, <laughs> so I, I, I learned an awful lot through that. Um, and um, uh, it, it, it's amazing how like you say red rag to a bull somebody tells me i can't do something you know get out of my way because you know i'll, I'll just show you and when i had my, my stage four cancer diagnosis five years ago i was told that if i didn't do exactly what the medic said i'd be dead within a year and very very this was in july 2015 i would be very very poorly by christmas and i wouldn't probably make the year um, and then within 14 weeks I got a clear scan. I beat stage four cancer in 14 weeks. Um, so I'd learned an awful lot because um, I'd had breast cancer twice previously. So I'd learned an awful lot from other people, from my training, my own experience, etc. But it's a it's a demonstration of the personality style, which you clearly have as well. So, you know, and if you're resilient, whatever comes at you, it kind of bounces off and we find a way around it. So yeah. and people like us need to be challenged. We need to have this interest we need to have this um activity and so on rather than people you know sitting there you know being being um moaning and moping so i've, I've not watched the news i've not bought a newspaper um since that time because i had to find time to do my studying so i was standing up on the train going into london with my highlight pen with the uh, printouts of my reading material and going through you know squeezed in the train you know um under somebody's hairy beard or under their armpit or whatever it was. And there I was focused on what I had to do. Um, I used to listen to the news, read two or three papers every day, newspapers to keep up to date with everything. The news I've since learned, particularly in the last year, that most of what's on the news is actually fake. It's, it's uh, propaganda, uh, fear mongering. And as you say, the mental health, you know, we all have mental health. Let's talk about positive mental health. Yeah. let's not even say the word mental when you and I grew up um, if you mentioned the word mental mental was a derogatory term that's yeah. you know 
So we've all been led by the nose over the last year in particular, um, but all our life education system with the new system. Um, but it's certainly interesting times and, and wonderful to hear your story, Val. So, so remind us where people can find these uh, interesting videos that you referred to. If you go onto my Facebook page, my business Facebook page, uh, Val Adaway, 1D, and then authorised UW partner, you'll find it on there. Fantastic. So any any lasting top tip to leave before we, we sign off? Well, never quit whatever you're doing and you're in, you know, to be successful, you never quit at anything. You might stop doing something because it's not working. It's it's not right for you. But if you find something you're passionate about, forget the um, the no's because every no is nearer a yes and never quit. Um, and just keep living your life because whether you retire at 60, 65, 68 or whatever, it's only a word, just keep active. Um, I'm going to keep active for as long as I possibly can, which hopefully is a few more years yet. Absolutely. You've got many more. We both have got many more years ahead of us. I'm, I think um, I'm in my 60s now. Um, in fact, I'll be 64 next week, um, which I can't believe. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. I look at myself when I, I don't wear much makeup, I just a bit of lippy and I have to um, brush my eyebrows in now because when I had cancer, I lost I lost some eyebrows. So unless I, you know, kind of brush them in, my face kind of disappears. And unless yeah. I wear, you know, so, so it's, it's minimal, um, nothing at all on my skin. Um, so I'm as natural as possible. And um, I remember where I was going with this. Anyway, we've got years ahead of us. <laughs> Many no, years ahead of us. Fingers. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, the the age that we're at, with the experiences that we've had, the knowledge we've picked up, and we're continually learning new stuff and sharing it with people. That keeps us young, doesn't it? it keeps us young. It keeps us active. Keeps us Definitely. interested. Definitely. And the other thing I enjoy is connecting people. Yes. So all the networking I do, I I I. I do it because I enjoy connecting people. That's one of the reasons I do it. Obviously, I'm there to hopefully get some business. But if I connect connect two people together that can work together, that's brilliant. I enjoy that. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the kicks I get. Um, I've I've set up and run eight or nine different networks myself over the years in different areas I've been in. Some, some specialist networks. And it's 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 a, it's joyous, isn't it? When you can yeah. when you can put people together, and and I do that all the time. When I'm making notes, I'm meeting people, even people that I've not even engaged with on a call. When you're yes. on Zoom calls with lots of people, and you hear somebody say something, and then so I make a note, and then I'll e email them. I'll find their contact details. I'll email them. I'll do an introduction, and may, I may never have even met the people, um, but you can see the connections. Yeah. And again, I think that comes with the wisdom of age. And having the balls to actually go ahead. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. You can see that. I, mean, I, I, I write everything. Then when I'm networking, I make I put a person's name, what they do, roughly, and a little snippet of what they're looking for. But I've got, over the um, lockdown, I've got 15 of these notebooks. Wow. Every single networking event I've done. 
Brilliant. And that's a great tip for people who's, who are networking as well. And have you found, um, as I have, I'm sure, the number of networks that have just popped up overnight, there's so many of them, so many of yeah. them are, are really good. Some, some are clearly money grabbing type things, but yeah. a lot of them, there's a lot of nice people coming out who would never yeah. have kind of come out. Um, no. And there's lots of, it, it, it is almost too much choice at the moment, I find, you know, where, where do you go and, um, but it's 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 been consistent, isn't it? Like with your utility warehouse, um, keep yeah. on, um, being being consistent and persistent, uh, yeah. asking the questions, and um, then definitely. people will come when the, when the time is ready for them. Yeah, definitely. And Bridget. do you live there on your own, or have you got family there with you? Um, I was invited to come over to Portugal to um, help my friend run some projects. She's bought various oh. bits of land. And uh, we're growing, uh, yeah, we are, we, are, we are about to start growing hydroponically. We're just having land cleared. Uh, we've got diggers in there and we're having the land cleared to, to build giant greenhouses um, to set up a local um, grain facility. But we're extending that now. That's going to be kind of an agri-business, um, agri-tourist um, business where people will come stay in um, log cabins, learn how to grow hydroponically and self-sustainable, etc. So it's kind of it's going to be several aspects to it. So growing and selling commercially, uh, teaching people how to do the same. People will have come and enjoy holidays. It will be like a working holiday for them. So it's an educational aspect, and we'll help um, young people in particular. There's a lot of young people in Portugal. They they they're in the tourist industry. Well, that's that's you know taken a huge big hit yeah. but a lot of them work in the tourist industry um and then they go away you know they, they never come back so you know looking at other ways to help people and well, help, help the local village that's interesting because we've got hydroponics i'm growing stuff hydroponically ah. a friend of mine has created um hydro veg ah. um she makes a stand up and does it all so I'm growing vegetables would you like me to put you in touch with her yes please do I think I might know her already actually it's I have... that's it yes I know Sue yes oh yeah. well I've, I've got one of her um hydro hydro veg brilliant can you can you reconnect us because I haven't um yeah. I haven't connected with her for ages we were we we had nearby stands at an event in Derby a couple of years ago and um, yes, I remember seeing all her all her stuff out there, and also we 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 members. I don't think she's a member anymore, but a, a, a ladies' networking that I, I I belong to in Nottingham area. Um, and yeah. the other thing that I'm we're doing here, Maggie's got some motherland, um, which is a lot lot bigger. It has its own lake, it overlooks the river between Spain and Portugal, and we're building an eco village. And it's oh. the, the architects have just submitted the plans uh, to the local authority to uh, to get plan outline planning permission. Um, so that's happening. So so what I do online, I've I've developed the the um, the health um, system that I have, where people can do their own blood uh, analysis and hair mineral analysis to show what's going on in their body. That happens in their own home, so nobody needs to go anywhere. Then I've got two online assessments. Um, a very detailed questionnaire plus the behavioural profile. So I bring those together in a Zoom consultation. So people get four, uh, get three written reports that show what their health's doing, how their behaviour is affecting their health, 
and then I put it together and I recommend supplements or change of lifestyle or tweaking here, there, whatever it is. Um, so I do that almost kind of a, a hobby. I, I'm only just monetizing it. I've been doing it for a long time on a voluntary basis, um, but I need to generate an income because Maggie's projects won't generate anything for, for probably 18 months or so. So I thought, yeah. okay, what can I do? How can I, how can yeah. I reinvent myself again um, to help people and so on? So the cost of what I've been developing is, is quite considerable. So as I've mentioned, I, I'm, I'm creating my own um, video platform and uh, uh, all kind of things are going to be happening in there. So um, life is good. Life is very nice. And, and uh, so I've got, so Maggie's here, her partner, John, who's um, disabled, nearly deaf, and um, he's riddled with arthritis. He, he's on walking sticks. And then when we go out, he's in a wheelchair. Um, and he's got a rare form of dementia. So every day is interesting. So I have plans, um, but the plans don't always come off because if anything happens with John, we know obviously he takes priority. We've got five rescue dogs here, three rescue cats. Wow. Um, and we've just taken in a, 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 a chap who is a lovely, lovely fellow and he, he's sort of an odd job person. And he's now moved into, the Maggie's got a, a spare caravan that I lived in when I first came over here. So he's he's there. We've, we've we've helped him move on with his life, and um, so there's kind of we're all friends together basically. Um, Brilliant. Sounds great. I met, I met Maggie over 25 years ago um, networking. So be careful who you meet networking because you never yeah. know where life's going to take you. No, well well done. So it's been lovely chatting with you, Val, and um, yeah, I take my hat off to you every time. You know all the things that you've done and, and reinventing yourself and still still cracking on and you are a, a true inspiration to uh, many, many people out there. And, and to be as active as you are at 75, it's just a number, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's, the, the, it's the attitude, you know, that yeah, really definitely. I look yeah. forward to uh, seeing you on uh, other networks and um, continuing to connect people and, and live a fantastic life and enjoying your holidays when you're allowed to take them again. Yeah, when I can. <laughs> Thank you. Marvelous. Thank you, Okay, take care. Bye. 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 Bye.